0: another episode of the voicemail for the soul podcast um it's been a minute <clears throat> i was actually traveling and had uh a crazy schedule for the past like four days um and i did have some pre-scheduled recordings that were supposed to come out during that time and i had also brought my microphone with me while i was traveling because i was like oh like i'll record episodes but ended up just not happening uh, just due to how crazy things were. So I think it's been a week now since my last episode, which is kind of crazy. It's the longest break that I've taken, but I'm back. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty exhausted, Uh, but it was, I was visiting. uh, Well, I had my drill weekend in Maryland, and then I went to go to Pittsburgh to go to a a friend's graduation and also just catch up with um, some people. And so, It was a physically, socially, emotionally, (laughs) mentally exhausting endeavor because I was meeting a lot of people, traveling a lot, a lot of driving, and I also just didn't sleep well at all during those past four days. But back now, just trying to recover, feel super disoriented, um, but just trying to reboot and get back into the grind of things, Now that I'm back home. So this episode is going to be, um, I think it's the to be Patients I'll Never Forget. And so this is something I did want to talk about. Uh, this is obviously more related to uh, professional, like my professional career in nursing in specific. And when I was actually back in Philly for Mother's Day, I uh, met up with a friend, one of my nursing friends. Hi, Sabrina, if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, and we actually caught up and we we're talking about work, talking about life and things like that. And she mentioned um, just uh, a, a rough so she's in the in the pediatric icu or the picu for sure um and obviously those are kids that are like super super sick and she was telling me about a, a kid that she she lost or, or a kid that passed passed away um and just yeah like how those kind of experiences as a nurse can be really really hard um, in terms of like losing patients. of course there's good moments too in terms of like good memories and good interaction with patients, but it's also crazy that when you, it sucks when you lose people too, but it's just that these, you know, we have patients and people and are a lot people in our lives that will forever kind of leave an impact. And so I just remember having that conversation with her. And then I also, in my mind, in terms of like my list of stuff I wanted to talk about, I also had stuff about, um, just some of the patients, like I know I'll never forget. So I was like, huh, okay, maybe this will be a good next episode. So if you went through my uh professional career thus far our professional journey thus far uh, episode where i kind of gave a little table of contents of what i've i've done um in these almost past three years after graduating it will give you a a brief overview of the different places i've been at and what i've been doing but In total, I actually have to write this down, Um, just at least the names of the people, so don't forget there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Actually, there's probably more than seven, but for now I'll just stick with seven. Um, But so the first one will be, let's say the person's name is Mary uh so this is when i was at the skilled nursing facility which once again is mixed population of like long-term care uh short-term rehab so on and so forth but this is your classic just old lady sweet old granny <laughs> um who is there for more like assisted living long-term care uh and this I think of all the patients that i worked with i think she's the one i constantly always check in on in terms of i have a friend who still works at the facility and I always ask like how is she doing um you know is she still alive uh is she okay so she's just the sweetest old lady um the way that our our building was structured is that when you walk in and then it's a very just two floors of like a very long, singular hall, right? There's like the middle section, which is like the nursing station. And then there's a left hall and then a right hall, which is very long. So Miss Mary uh, lived on the far left end of the, the left hall. Last room on the left, but she uh, uses a wheelchair and she's just like this frail, very sweet old lady. Um, but I remember just, I don't know, she was so like funny, but really sweet. Um, I remember things like for, for mealtimes, they would come to, they can come to the dining, the dining hall, or they can, I think, eat in their room, depending on the situation. But she would try to wheel herself down that hall. And granted that hall is probably like, I don't want to say 50 meters, 50 meters. I think it was almost 50 meters actually. Uh, maybe a little less than 50 meters, like 40 meters, but that's a, de- a, a decent amount of distance. And this lady is trying to wheelchair herself down the hall, but she's, I kid you not, she's literally going like an inch at a time. Like just very, very, very slow. And meanwhile, like I'm running around, you know, like obviously doing like, you know, doing meds or doing treatments and whatever stuff. I remember I would I would always see this, so whenever I whenever she would come out for meal times and she's literally going one mile per hour and it would probably take her like fifteen to twenty minutes just to get down to the other end of the hall, I'll just come up to her and I'll just I'll push her. Um, and she's like, here's just reaction. So she's just like, oh, like, you don't have to do that. It's okay. But I'm like, no, no. I was like, Mary, come on. Like, don't be silly. So I'll push her all the way down to the dining hall. And then, of course, she'll like, thank me profusely. And then she'll like, take my hand. But there are times that she'll like, I remember the, thing the first time she's like, take my hand. Because, you know, like, sometimes, you know, people like, they'll take your hand. They'll be like, oh, like, thank you so much. Like, I appreciate you. I'm Like, oh, like, don't worry about it. But then there are times that she would like, kiss my hand too. I'm like, wait, what the heck? <laughs> So just really sweet interactions like that. Um, Other things like it was really funny when she would leave the dining hall, sometimes she would like take food back. And when I would uh, be back in her room to help her with stuff, um, I would like find plates of food under her her pillow. Um, So it was mostly like sandwiches, but it'd be like a small like ceramic plate. And it had a PB&J with ceramic wrap on it. But like she would just have, like, three or four of these stashed under her pillow. I'm like, Mary, why do you have these sandwiches under your pillow? And she's like, oh, like, I'm trying to save them for later. I'm like, I don't know if that's the best place to put them. And these rooms are, like, warm. They're, like, almost 80 degrees warm. And then she's – it's. I was like, is that comfortable? And it's. I don't know. It's just so funny. Whether it was like, cookies or, like, PB&Js, she would just keep them under her pillow, which was super, super funny. And then she actually, the rooms are usually either for two, like a two occupancy or a single occupancy. Um, But for her, uh, she was actually roomed with her sister. So it was pretty funny because her and her sister would fight a lot. Um, But yeah, it was just, she was super, super sweet. And yeah, it's just, I don't know she always made me laugh oh and then whenever she would come down the hallway she would always drop through a little drive by this one guy's room his name was jack um but it was like their weird kind of weird romance she would always like check in on him or try to like give him a cookie or something from that dining hall and they would like they're both in wheelchairs and they both try to like hold hands i'm like lol what is this what is this old romance but hey love is for everyone am i right <laughs> uh And then someone else that I I think I will always remember is, um, I forget his name, but it was a Hispanic gentleman who was there for more, uh, for short-term rehab, actually, and I think what had happened was he was a drug uh, drug abuser, and so um, he basically got an an infection in his spinal column or something like that, Uh, but yeah, he basically drug abuser had a really close call was got debilitated because of ivy drug abuse um but i remember he i don't know he was kind of seen as like a notorious guy um but i ended up i remember when i was talking to him we actually would talk about like christianity and like jesus and faith a lot and we actually connected a lot through that and it was just, I don't know, I think it was cool. I think he really appreciated just having someone to talk to about that kind of stuff. And people usually like, oh, like he's annoying or whatever, whatnot. But I don't know, sometimes you just you just chat with people and then just kind of just keep it real. Uh and so he was someone that I think really appreciated that. And I appreciate that from him as well in terms of just being able to have that conversation, just be real with him and just be able to I think we encouraged one another, honestly. So that was one of the guys I was there for a longer period of time and Uh, An interaction I didn't expect, but something I I did appreciate. Um, And then there was also another guy. Oh, this... It's like your typical very angry, like, mistreats everyone guy. Um, And just, I don't know, remembering just trying to be nice to this guy, even though he literally treats everyone like garbage. And it's hard, but think over time like over a very long period of time he kind of softened up or like it's weird when you have someone who's so angry and like treats you very poorly but you still have to care for them um it's i think it's definitely like a, a very interesting but good life training you know having to and he was paralyzed i think um he was like pseudo paralyzed, so he had lost a lot of motor function in both his his legs and his arms and stuff like that. He could like move around like very little, but so he needed like full care. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's kind of different when someone's cussing you out and trying to spit at you when you're trying to take care of them. Um, but that's part of the job, right? Uh, and then I think those are it for the the sniff. Moving on. Um, to the inpatient setting, so HEMONC. Oh man, there's some kids on HEMONC that I will never, ever, 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 ever forget. But before I do that, let me just talk about my sponsor real quick. Okey dokie, welcome back from the spouses. So we were on transitioning to HEMONC. And so once again, HEMONC is hematology, oncology, kids with hematology is blood disorders and diseases. And oncology is cancer. So, oh man, I've met some of the sweetest kids. um, I got to hang out with some really interesting kids as well. But the first one was a two-year-old. And I think she had some kind of tumor in her brain. um, But this was a night shift, actually. And she had a feeding tube, um, like an NG tube. So NG tube is like nasogastric tube. It's where there's this long tube that goes into your nose and goes down your throat and then kind of dangles in your stomach um, for the sake of pushing either medication or um, like feeds um, through there for some reason like if the patient isn't eating well or they can't swallow or stuff like that. So an NG tube is a way to kind of bypass the manual eating that a, a person has to do in terms of like chewing or swallowing and stuff like that. Is it a pleasant experience? Absolutely not. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But for some reason, I forget how it all happened, but this is when I was still on orientation. And so I had my preceptor with me. Um, But yeah, I was like a super, super sweet two-year-old kid and she was with her dad. And this was probably, I think around like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. But for some reason, her nose started bleeding. And so initially we're like okay like you know we'll just you know pinch her nose got a couple of tissues but then her nose wouldn't stop bleeding it just kept going and going and going and you know it's like it's you normally have a nosebleed for you know like a couple of minutes right and eventually it stops but because it kept going and going and going we're trying to, like, figure out what to do. We're like, why isn't it stopping? She wasn't clotting. So then we, like, call the doc, and the docs are trying to figure out what to do. In the meanwhile, like, we're trying to keep her calm. The dad was actually, he was a super trooper. He was a super calm, super collected. But this poor kid is just, like, the sweetest kid ever. But she's obviously just she's more and more and more just becoming, like, panicked. She's like she was bleeding out of her nose. I won't stop. But the thing was she was also constantly swallowing the blood that she was bleeding because we were blocking her nose. So like it wasn't coming out one way, but then where else it was going, it was going down her throat. So then she started, eventually she started vomiting all the blood that she was swallowing. Um, to the point where she actually vomited out her NG tube. And so we had to then take her NG tube out, um, and, oh, I felt so bad for the kiddo, but yes, yeah, like she just kept bleeding, but then would keep throwing up because she would keep swallowing the blood. So eventually we had to, um, they brought this, like, it's like a snot. I know like snot rocket is a weird word, but they basically, it's like an, uh, nasal like rocket, like glue. And so they put this long tube in the nose and then they shoot up this like thick gluey liquid. Um, and it's basically meant to try to clot the area. But it's, like, super uncomfortable. So we're trying to do that. And I'm, like, I'm holding this kid's face, trying to stop the blood, holding the basin because the kid keeps throwing up. And there's, like, her feed. And her, it's, like, her, the, her feeding is brown. But then, obviously, all the blood is red. So it's, like, this weird mixture I throw up on me. She's, like, crying. And the dad's trying to hold her. I'm holding – dad's trying to hold her. I'm, like, holding her face. and holding the bucket. Docs are trying to, you know, clot, like, stop the bleeding. Like they, they end up putting that – um, like super, super glue, snot rocket stuff off her nose. And eventually we are able to stabilize it. And I remember I looked at the clock. It had been over two hours. So this girl was bleeding for over two hours. And I was squatting there on the floor with her dad for over two hours. And my preceptor, I remember she was like, okay, like, you know, good job. Just go, like, take a breather. And I just completely lost track of the time. I was squatting for that long. And then I just like, I felt I started to feel in my legs, started to kind of like take deep breaths. I was like, holy cow, like that was exhausting. I had like blood on my clothes. I was like, oh, geez. But yeah, I just remember, it's just one of those moments, I think, as a nurse, it's where like, when you're in the zone, you're in the zone, whether you're getting thrown up on or pissed on, or you're getting bled on, or you're in really uncomfortable positions. It's just like, when you're in the zone, like, you don't realize it, whether it's two, three, four hours. Um, but then when you finally stop and slow down, it's kind of crazy because this is this feeling that comes cra- like, you know, either emotional or physical or mental, just feelings is come like crashing in terms of like exhaustion or just if it was super traumatic, like, you know, if it feels super sad. But I just, yeah, I just remember I was really tired after that. I was like, holy crap. Um, but I felt just so bad for the kid because she was so sweet. But she ended up doing okay. And then I saw her around a couple of times later because she would come back for other treatments and stuff. And her, yeah. But she was a little cutie I'll never forget. Um, that was more, I think she was an Auk kid. But another one was, let's say, uh, the name was Favor, <laughs> A very interesting name. She came in for a sickle cell crisis. And so... Um, what sickle cell anemia is, is basically like your red blood cells are normally donuts. Um, if you ever learned that in biology class or whatever, but they're, do- they're basically donuts and their job is is to carry oxygen um, throughout the blood. But uh, basically what sickle cell anemia is, is that instead of these soft, like jelly donuts, circular things that travel through your bloodstream, they, their shapes actually become sickles. So kind of like a crescent moon, uh, if you know what that looks like. Uh, so your typical moon with like the sharp edges and that's what they look like. But the issue with that is because of the shape, um, there's, I think a higher likelihood of them being like caught or getting kind of clumped up and, and, um, like piling up somewhere, I guess to, if I'm trying to explain it. And so that can create a lot of issues in terms of like oxygen transportation but also like pain it can be very painful like when that happens so like a sickle cell crisis is when that happens at a very severe degree and so kids will come in for that most likely for pain management and it, and it sucks but it's just that happens frequently so this is this girl i think she was i don't know if she was young teens or like pre-teen um i want to say maybe like in between 10 and 12 but she's in the hospital by herself because her dad is working her siblings I think were at school but she's just completely alone and I just remember she was one of the kids that I had um and I don't know it's just you just you just end up connecting with some kids you know so I just remember I would just keep checking in on her uh and then like she can't since she can't really like walk or move that much because it's super painful still like during the sickle cell crisis you know like I have to help her like toilet or help her move around but it was just, I always just try to make it really playful for her just like tried to tease and just like you know joke and try to you know create a happy atmosphere because like I understand like she's in a hospital by herself like she's in pain like there's no family no friends and just sitting in bed like watching TV so i remember i would just keep trying to check in on her and i'd be like oh like miss favor favor just like you know just like playing around and just you know um trying to get her to laugh and i remember at the end of the shift um like before i just you know after i was done with report i came and i was like hey like you know i'm heading out but uh, i think i'll be back tomorrow i wasn't sure if i was gonna have her but like, i'll be back tomorrow and then she was like oh like like are you are you gonna be my nurse again and this when those kind of moments happen like it kind of just breaks your heart but also just makes your heart feel really full and i think she, you know, she really wanted to have me again, which sadly enough, I actually was not her nurse the next day. But I still, like, went in on, and checked in on her and said hi the following day. But just, like, stuff like that where we kind of just made a very short but, like, meaningful connection. And, like, her, her, her parents or her dad and then her siblings ended up coming, like, later that night, like, after work, after school. So she got to play with them, which was really grateful. But, yeah, she was a super sweet kid. And I just remember we kind of just had, like, bonded after that. Um, and they just, yeah, I don't know, just like those sweet moments when the kids like ask for you or like, you know, they don't want you to leave and just like, it just breaks your heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was a kid that I, I will always remember. Another one was, uh, a guy say his name is talent. Um, he was, I think closer to like 16, 17, but at, his wasn't sickle cell. His was aplastic anemia i think another blood disorder um but this is like a tall kid a tall glass of water i'm like five nine this kid was like six foot i think um and i forget what exactly why he was i think he was like he was febrile he was just consistently febrile i think just constantly had fevers was like really weak um super tall kid mom was like very type a very, like, all up in your face. Um, and, and the mom was kind of, like, notorious for for just always being very particular about stuff. Um, and I ended up getting him, I ended up getting them a lot just because I ended up um, getting on, like, good terms with the mom. Um, so I worked with him and the mom, of course, a lot. And he was here like multiple for multiple visits, and I feel like I was always the one that ended up getting him. And I think she, I don't know if she specifically requested me or not, but like stuff like that happens. You know, you you bond and you connect, or you end up working well with certain families, and then if they come back, they always end up asking for you, which is kind of flattering to a certain degree, but also kind of stressful at the same time because, in like performance wise, you're you know you gotta be up to par. But I remember, oh yeah, just like he, sometimes he just couldn't even walk to the bathroom where they had him on Miralax, uh, which is a laxative to help you poop. But they had him like on like ridiculous amounts of Miralax. He was like going to the toilet, like every like 30 minutes. And I'm basically picking up this six foot son, uh, kid and carrying him to the bathroom like constantly, um but and just trying to like encourage him to like eat cuz he like wouldn't eat or like he wouldn't drink some of the stuff that we are trying to give him and just trying to give him a little pep talk or like you know just trying to encourage him and i remember later like much 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 later uh when i like was i didn't have him as a patient but like whenever i'd see the mom in the hallway she'd always say hi and then I remember at some point she was like oh yeah like he's you know considering on becoming a nurse um just because of, like, his experience here. And I was like, dang, man, like, <laughs> stuff like that. Is, those are the kind of moments that you really, uh, I don't know, you really appreciate, and like, dang, like, like being a nurse is dope. And you just get to make that impact on people's lives and sometimes inspire them to do the same thing. And so, yeah, I wonder how he's doing. Um, but, yeah, that was an awesome family that I met, too. And I. he's probably in college by now but i wonder yeah i wonder if that's the route that he ended up going but wherever he is in the world i hope he's okay uh and then there's this kid uh this kid was pretty young i think it was maybe eight or nine goes by the name of mook or his nickname was mook but once again another kid in the hospital the parents weren't there because they were working and so he was a very silly kid um And just want honestly, he just needed someone to like play with and spend time with him. And so another situation where I would try to just whenever I could just go to his room and try to spend time with him. He was obsessed with Ninja Turtles. (laughs) He would play like make believe all the time. So I would play with him and we would like be one of the Ninja Turtles and then we would go into the bathroom. Uh, But the bathroom was dark and that's where we would fight Shredder. (laughs) And then we would like lose and come out and it was pretty funny. Just no dignity for me. But it's like at that point, who cares? Just <laughs> playing make believe, getting pretend beat up in the bathroom and then running away and then going back in and fighting invisible ninjas. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was just another sweet moment. I just remember it was like a super sweet kid. Um, and just trying to, yeah, just make the most of his day and just trying to make it a bit more bearable while he was in the hospital. So it's another kid I won't forget. Um, in terms of himok i think those are the main kids that uh just like forever are etched in my mind but in terms of pede psych oh, psych is a different situation for sure um but there is one kid who was there for like over two months and it was definitely way too long but he was i think nine or ten but he was very behaviorally and cognitively delayed and so he like basically didn't act his age because he couldn't because of those delays Uh, he had come in because he had accidentally burned down his house and his neighbor's house or apartment or whatever it was and um, had issues with uh, being like you know like violence and things like that and basically it's like he would kind of go from one to a hundred but because he didn't have that kind of behavioral and like cognitive understanding of like how to deal with situations and so for him it was always zero to 100 it always end up being getting like very emotional, very aggressive, very angry. So it was really really hard we had to do a lot of seclusions on him um and seclusions is like you know if a kid is escalating or if being very unsafe then we'd like take them to um I don't know like you're, you might think of like a stereotypical like padded room or something but in this case like it is we call that our seclusion room where especially if they're being like physically aggressive, they're trying to break stuff, then it's like a safe room basically. But I remember we would like, it's not a common thing for that to happen, but like we take this kid every day, multiple times a day. And it is exhausting getting punched, kicked, pinched, pissed on. Yeah. That would happen too. getting spit at. um, Yeah. This kid was a handful and it was really exhausting for all the staff members. It was really hard. But over like eventually we were able to kind of work out a system. It took a very long time to try to like deescalate his situations. But it was just, once again, really hard because he just didn't have the behavioral, like cognitive understanding and, and just maturity to like process stuff. Like if you're upset, like you don't have to always go from zero to 100. Like you can either ask or you can just so like simple things. He couldn't process them. so. And it's just unfortunate because, like, obviously, it's not his fault. It's like there's stuff that happened in his childhood that were traumatic and that impacted the way that he would behave or respond to things. Um, But this—that was a kid that was really, really hard, and it's—it's a kid that we still talk to to this talk about to this day. Um, But it's just even those kids where they're so difficult. It's like they leave an impact. And he was there for almost two months or over two months, and then I just remember, like, after he left, it felt so strange. We're like, oh my gosh it's just feels like empty in a weird way. It's like, we were glad he was gone, but at the same time, like, you know, you, you, you develop like compassion and empathy for, for these kids. So, and there's others like situations in psych too, where a lot of kids that, you know, struggle with like depression, anxiety, SI as in like suicidal ideation and stuff like that. And just a lot of times where you just have like pep talks with these kids and just try to, you know, just be real with them and just A lot. I had a lot of those kind of good conversations in terms of trying to encourage them, and like you know, just trying to provide a little guidance. Um, It's hard at that time, especially like middle school, high school. um, I don't know. You're going through puberty. It's difficult times, but you know, just also just people under some genuine crap, whether it's like deaths or just family issues, relationship issues, stuff like that. But just trying to be uh, a listening ear and just trying to provide some like wisdom and guidance on how to deal with those things, and just, just reminding them, like you know, like. Just take a deep breath like life will happen to you and it might seem super crazy at the time but like you know nothing is ever worth like taking your life and there's always a way to work through these things and there's there's always people that support you and talk to you and just trying to like reassure them of those of those universal truths that we tend to forget in terms of like self-worth or like the meaning of life or the worth of life and it's hard you know there's so many if- influences nowadays and so many things that uh like cloud our judgment but just being able to have this kind of conversation with kids, um, was a reminder for myself too. Cause like I was, you know, I went through similar things like when I was younger in terms of like my own mental health and um, stuff like that. So yeah, I'd say all in all, like those were kind of the main ones that I, um, that i remember and you know i'm I'm sure if any any of my nursing friends are there you guys have your own stories of, of certain patients that you'll never forget whether it's one that you guys loved or one that you guys hated um of course ones that passed or died like you know under your care like those are tough too you know um it was funny because i remember when i was visiting uh over the past couple of days and someone was like oh like what was it like having someone like a patient die and it is a weird experience maybe that's a uh, an episode for another podcast or ep- another episode for the podcast later on. But yeah, I don't know. Any of my nurses out there, if you want to share your story and come onto this space, feel free. We'd be more than happy to have you on here. Uh, cough, cough, Sabrina. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you're maybe like you're a teacher or maybe you're in that kind of customer service-esque um, situation and you have some interesting stories of people that you've had to deal with. But yeah, I don't know. I think no matter what profession you are, and no matter whether it's professional or personal, I think there's always interactions and, and moments that we forever hold um, in our in our memory box, whether it's, it's good or bad. But just recognizing that all these interactions and meanings, there's always something that we can get from them, right? Or, um, I don't know, it's just, there's stuff that we can cherish, uh, but yeah i miss a lot of these kids (laughs) i wonder how they do but i'm grateful for those times and opportunities that i had with them and hopefully have some more in the future i mean i definitely will because this is these these do the nature of the job like you're always going to have those kind of moments but yeah i think that's one part about nursing that I, i really appreciate just being able to have those genuine moments with these kids and or just with people not just kids um but just being able to support them and be there for them during these hard times and just trying to yeah, bring some joy into the situation as well, if possible. Um, but yeah, it's a big reason why I, I joined nursing to just be able to help and support people in that way. So yeah, um, I think that'll be the end of this episode. But once again, as always, thank you for tuning in. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to leave me a voicemail uh, at the beep, AKA the description below. There's like a little link where you can leave like a little voice memo, but yeah, uh, until next time, take care, enjoy some sun. If you haven't already get outside, have a, have a, you know, a little, a little dose of vitamin D. It's good for you, you know? Um, But yeah, tune in next time and we'll see you later. Bye.